G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Always so good on a Friday to catch up with Bill Muhlenberg and our Culture Watch segment. It's a segment in which we give some focus to some of the big stories of the week. These can be on such a variety of topics. And today, let's turn a spotlight onto the Anglican Church because there's been some significant developments in the Anglican Church. In the city of York, the latest General Synod of the Church of England and some of the issues that they've been discussing. So a special welcome back to 2020 to you, Bill Muhlenberg. Great to be back. Uh, Bill, always cautious about turning a spotlight on the church, especially if we're going to say things that might be negative. But from time to time, a negative view uh, is sometimes helpful. Uh, The latest General Synod of the Church of England, uh, what are your thoughts on on what's been unfolding there? Yeah, well, it's been a bit of a mixed bag as well. Many Anglicans have said I'm not a... Anglican myself. I obviously have heaps of uh, Anglican friends. I've spoken at Anglican churches and, you know, no problems as a whole with uh, Anglicanism. But uh, like many churches, like many denominations, there's some areas of concern, Uh, you know, certainly on some of the hot potato issues of the day, caving in on all manner of things, say, homosexual-related, transgender, and so on. So, yeah, just over the weekend, a four- or five-day conference by annual uh, synod of the Anglicans met in England, and, uh, well, it was a bit of a worry, and, uh, as much that, you know, quite a few other uh, strong Anglicans themselves pointed out their concerns. So this is not just an outsider taking pot shots, but uh, those from within that I, in fact, quoted in my recent article uh, just really quite alarmed at what the focus of these four or five days were. I mean, we've got things like the global persecution of Christians, uh, somebody losing their lives. That surely would have been a topic of discussion. And people, Anglican leaders, are invited to submit questions and issues for discussion. But sadly, uh, none of that came up. Almost overwhelmingly, the whole convention was filled with topics on, you know, should we allow homosexuals and transgenders? And there was a fairly liberal and loose uh, uh, vote on quite a few of these issues, which has got many people worried. So the main concern here, Bill, would be not that the church would discuss those Mm -hmm. issues about sex, sexuality, uh, same-sex marriage, all of those sorts of things, and those things would be necessary to talk about. But you're concerned about the domination of an entire synod uh, with such topics when there are genocides and persecution Mm -hmm. that's happening for the Christian church around the world. Yeah, absolutely. There's certainly a place to discuss these contentious issues, but to actually, you know, dominate the entire proceedings and uh, 
basically these other really crucial issues, not getting a hearing at all, that is a worry. Uh, you have to talk about priorities. You have to talk about, well, what is important? Uh, is it all the latest trendy, uh, you know, items of the secular left, the whole, at the moment, transgender push and so on? Is that going to, do they set the agenda? Do they determine which way a Christian should uh, go in discussing issues? And sadly, many have pointed out that seems to be the case with uh, what happened in uh, York over the weekend. Uh, you know, nothing of real substance to probably most Anglicans. In fact, the indication of why that's the case is we have many from the developing world who were there and very upset and disappointed. They, uh, you know, African and other leaders who uh, just said, come on, what's the deal here? We do not uh, want to go down the path of, uh, you know, in, in endorsing homosexual marriage. We do not want to ordain transgenders. We do not want to say this is just another alternative lifestyle. So they spoke up strongly uh, and held the fort. And, you know, it's it's, it's this almost a curious thing where the church that began in the West is now in many ways losing the plot and the developing world where, you know, Western missionaries went and spread the gospel, now they are the ones strongly defending the faith and, in fact, having to come back to the West and say, wait a minute, you guys have lost your roots. You've lost your uh, your mission here. You're just uh, going with the world, and we need to get back to the Bible. Is there a sense, Bill, uh, this is not something new for the Anglican Church uh, globally to have divisions along these lines about sexuality? I imagine that when the global Anglicans get together, they do need to have a time when they do discuss those things. Uh, but when uh, when local bodies meet, local synods or national synods, that uh, they ought to be discussing the sorts of things that will affect the nation that they're representing. Uh, yeah, it's been, uh, these kind of debates have been around for a long time. In fact, I looked up on my website about 10 years ago, I wrote about another big Anglican synod, and it was the same thing a decade ago. Uh, we still, again, had the African and other uh, nations raising their concerns about the direction that the Western leaders were going on so many of these issues, including, once again, the issue of things like homosexuality. So this, sadly, has been a debate in many of the big churches for quite some time now, and unfortunately it doesn't seem to be getting resolved. If anything, a lot of these churches are getting weaker and uh, doing uh, more compromise on some pretty clear biblical issues, I would have thought. So, yeah, this is not new. It's not sprung out of nowhere. It's been going on for a while. And sadly, it's getting worse. There are, again, uh, plenty of good Anglicans and Anglican churches who are trying to stop the rot and resist the direction that some of these folks are going in. But uh, it gets harder and harder every passing year to hold the line and stay true to Scripture. There's so much compromise and capitulation. And again, this is not just true of the Anglican world. There'd be uh, so many of what we can call certainly the mainline Protestant denominations, and even now some of the uh, evangelical denominations starting to waver on some of these points. So this is a universal problem with the Church, certainly in the West, and it does have impact uh, for believers all around the world. 
Interestingly, Bill, where you've got movements like the Anglican Church, and you mention a number of other denominations, uh, where they are so big that, in actual fact, changing direction or getting consensus is almost impossible. In fact, they go through a process in some churches, and I think this is the case with the Anglican Church, where they have a period of discernment mm-hmm. about contentious issues, as has been the case with the issues surrounding sexuality. And there is a sense in which that gives time for people to adjust their thinking to the way of the church, but it also uh, has the risk of what we perhaps have seen there in England, uh, where it's become so messy that that's the dominant issue to be talked about. So discernment, rather than leadership, may be not necessarily the answer. Mm. Yeah, well, it's a problem. Uh, You know, how does any Protestant church make decisions about important issues? Uh, Often it can boil down to, you know, 51% of the vote. You bring together a bunch of leaders, they vote on something, and majority wins. Well, you know, some, uh, I suppose, some might say that perhaps that's you know, if you're of a Catholic persuasion, they would say that's one of the weaknesses of the Protestant churches. You need a strong centralized authority figure that kind of makes these decisions on your behalf in which everybody else sticks to. Well, look, there might be something to say for that. Uh, they're not free themselves, of course, of uh, dissension and contentious issues and renegade church leaders. So, you know, it kind of it goes wherever we find uh groups of believers gathered, but uh, yeah, we have to ask in some of these cases, is this the best we come up with? You get four or five hundred leaders of the Anglicans, they decide that there's nothing wrong with, uh, say, a transgender priest and so on, uh, you know, and change baptism and all the rest to line up with it. Um, Is that the way forward for uh, Christians and Christian leadership? So I think we need to perhaps think a bit harder and longer about even how we deal with contentious social and cultural issues of the day. Bill, you were honouring the Africans at this uh, Church of England uh, synod, uh, where the Africans have, as we say, uh, maybe a shorter history, Mm. but they're still reading the Bible. They're still seeing the Bible as their guideline. Uh, Is it the case that perhaps some bigger nations uh, perhaps have uh, watered down or lost the essence of what it might mean to live a righteous Christian life according to the Bible. Yeah, well, quite right. Uh, well, we talk about how the center of gravity for the church has shifted. I mean, it's no longer primarily a western-northern uh, phenomena. It's uh, mainly moving to the south. Real church growth today is in Asia, Africa, Latin America. It's obviously declining big time in the west, You know, in England, churches are closing down, many are becoming mosques and all the rest. Uh, So church growth is mainly, you know, China in about a decade may have the greatest uh, number of Christians anywhere in the world. So God is still at work, but as you say, it's often now we get these newer uh, Christian churches in Africa, Asia, they're holding true to the faith and the scriptures And uh, even more of interest, they're kind of coming full cycle. Now there's missionaries from Asia, from Africa, Latin America, coming back to the West to re-evangelize a very secularized West. So, um, 
you know, it's gone all the way around. We sent missionaries from the West to the far-flung areas of the world, and now it's kind of coming back. The West is in need of evangelism, of renewal, of revival, and it's often being led by some of these great African and Asian Christians. So, uh, you know, God's got kind of a sense of humor, but things are changing in terms of the global center of Christianity, but God will keep working, and uh, if his people are faithful to him, uh, you know, he'll keep uh, doing his thing, although it may change uh, location if need be. Bill, what do you read into a synod like this one with the Church of England and where you see things like this, a dominance of the discussion all about issues of sexuality? Is this something of a symptom of churches where where something like this is allowed to dominate, uh, where it illustrates something of a liberalization of the way leaders see their leadership role in church. Is there something you can read into, something you can analyze about perhaps the way that the, the Synod has unfolded? Oh, I think there's no question. This is just one example of many of various Western churches who have simply let the world uh, influence it far too much instead of the other way around. We're supposed to be having an impact on the world, but sadly, we've allowed the world and its values to creep into our churches. That's why we're having, you know, entire synods taken up almost entirely with questions of how we can best uh, push the transgender lifestyle and the homosexual marriage issue and so on. You know when you've gotten to that place that there's been way too much compromise, way too much influence of the world on the church and uh, so sure it's a it's an indication a sign that much of the church has lost its way and unless we repent and get back to where we're supposed to be again this kind of global shift will keep taking place we'll find the great strong biblical christian leadership not in london or paris or new york or sydney it'll be coming out of Nairobi or Seoul or so many other developing nations in the in the south. So that's uh, again, uh, God will not leave Himself without a witness. If the West and the Church in the West continues to decline and forsake its biblical mandate, well, God is quite able to raise up others elsewhere to keep the good uh, the good message uh, going. Well, no doubt there'll be some Anglican listeners who'll want to read a little more closely the sorts of things we've been talking about today because this is uh, based on a blog that you wrote this week. It's entitled The Great Anglican Death Wish. And I'll point people to BillMuhlenberg.com or simply Google Culture Watch and you'll be able to read one of Bill's latest articles. Bill, uh, and I know that uh, we are never intending to beat up on the church, but sometimes issues like this need to be aired. And uh, thanks so much for your sensitivity in airing it, because it really is a way you're talking about it, which flashes a warning light and says caution uh, as you move this way. Bill, thanks so much for being part of 2020 today. Many thanks again. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.